to Arrest or Mimics. My name is Ben Tell and this is the Creative Innovation Podcast. How are you doing? I hope you're good. I hope you're well. I hope you're making a mess of your walls and your floor and your roofs. The weather this week is thick paint, fired up parents and larry children. <laughs> I've been grabbing these frames from charity shops. Images, old paintings, prints. I've not even checked. People have been flagging up on Twitter saying check that these are not like classic paintings and you're just smashing paint straight onto them and and shedding thousands of pounds of potential value but I'm not checking maybe I should be doing anyway I'm painting straight on the glass I've been doing one where it's a scene of I don't know what era it's from we'll go Edwardian we'll guess Edwardian um, and it's a child being shouted at by a parent and a little boy crying in the background so I've kind of daubed a lot of paint over the top and it's inspired by a thousand supermarket visits where some some parents lost control of the kid screaming in the middle of an aisle um, and I've gone for, Oi! Fucking give him that back or it's no iPad for a week! I bloody mean it! <laughs> oh, just these weird pieces of artwork that I keep creating over these originals. Um, check it out, it's on social media. It's on my own one, this one, at Ben Talon. Um... Anyway, tangents, tangents. I hope you're all good. I hope you enjoyed Ben Rothery last week talking super detailed pencil nature artworks. He's one talented fella. Um, it's a great conversation. Go back and listen to it. talks about being a difficult student because he had a very set idea of where he was going and he's emphatically made it there and is continuing to progress way past that point with his collection of Natural History Museum artworks. So go back and have a look. It's a great chat. Top fella. Um, I'm also currently surrounded by David Beckham, uh, Beck's in his kecks. <laughs> I'm working on a feature for uh, the Soccer Bible at the minute. and It's about David Beckham's wider reach. Cultural influence, fashion, all that stuff, spy skills going on on the floor at the minute. And it's just got kind of surrounded, as I'm recording this, by ink drawings and pencil drawings of Beckham. Throughout the years, all those hairdos, all those sexy poses for Armani and everything else. Got a lot of time for Beckham. Anyway, <laughs> so today we've got Jodie Goldman coming up, uh, talking about personal impact and making the most of you. We'll get to that in a second. Quickly, I want to thank my wonderful sponsors, illustrationweb.com, founding sponsor, been there since day dot. Uh, my agency supporting many, many talented artists throughout many fields, fashion illustration, lettering specialists, large-scale mural artists, uh, calligraphers, children's book illustrators, the list goes on. They represent a lot of people, a lot of brilliant, talented people, and they do a, great, a fantastic job in doing that. So go and check them out, illustrationweb.com, heartinternet.co.uk, giving us a digital tip. Every episode, they support people in social media, SEO, search engine optimization, getting you right up Google. Um Top guys, they do a really great service. Go and have a look, heartinternet.co.uk. Um, and I wanted to mention for this episode, so Jodie Goldman, we're going to be talking about all the things that hold people back, uh, confidence, not trusting who they are, or not even recognising who they are, those beautiful things that make us unique and very valuable to the creative industry. Um, and I thought that relates quite strongly to social media. So we are going to talk about kind of combating the absolute information deluge that we're drowned under these days. And I just wanted to mention the whole thing about you're on your own timeline, right? So there's no point in looking at a Damien Hurst, a Tracy Emin, um, a Malika Favre, somebody who's absolutely killing it in the industry right now and comparing yourself, but that's kind of what we do. So it's just worth always bearing in mind, you are putting yourself out there and you are brilliant. Um, that's not some kind of 
cheesy big up, but it's true. Uh, you can only ever be who you are, where you are at any given moment. And I think it's really important to remember that. And over the years, I've gotten, I guess I've gathered a much bigger appreciation of who I am and where I am and my flaws and why that makes me unique to my clients, to the people I'm working with, to the people I'm sharing studios with. So that goes for wider life. But there you go. Uh, I think when you're presenting yourself on the internet, no matter Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, whatever the platform is, I just think it's crucial to remember that you are where you are, you are who you are. So remember that and don't kind of try and copy what other people are doing online. Don't feel inferior because someone else is showing off loads of cool stuff. I could name 10 people off the top of my head who are showing off amazing stuff and have got cult followings and people kind of frothing at their mouth who want to be them. But I know for a fact that they're not satisfied with where they are, so don't buy into the myth. That's the tip this week. That's courtesy of heartsinternet.co.uk. So, why have I got a personal impact specialist on the show? Well, she's awesome. Jodie Goldman. Um, I met her through my girlfriend, Laura, uh, who was working with her on the design side of things. And Jodie's awesome. Originally from South Africa, she works with people to make the best version of them. Um, I think I've got that right in phrasing it. She'll tell us better in the show, but it's an interesting conversation because we're going to talk about all the tactics, all the, the methods for kind of recognising not just positives, but also flaws and owning all of them and making you stand out, basically, realising there's only one of you. It doesn't matter whether it's the way you look or the way you dress, the way you act around people. None of it should be forced. It should all be natural and and kind of just an extension of what, you, what it is you're trying to present to people in this crazy creative industry because individuality and character really is everything. I'm currently writing the first draft of my second book, um, and it's looking at all the facets of a personality and a character and why things that make us make mistakes early in life, things we class as negative traits now, can be the most valuable things when just tweaked and pointed in a different direction. And a lot of what Jody talks about is going to be getting into the nitty-gritty of that. So it's looking at dragging all all those things that we hide from people in the public face and why if we just shine a different spotlight on them they can be the most valuable things that you have uh you know we all do it at school let's face it right so high school I didn't even start to form an identity until about 15 years old when I met a bunch of lads in the local streets that weren't in my school year and they were just who they were and they were very much they were very open about that and they wore that on their sleeve and I kind of had to do it if I was going to fit in with this group and it wasn't about forcing the way to fit in it was kind of about realigning me and and quite quickly uh, I learned that it was cool to be that person to be you know who I felt like being who I was when I got home and dropped that uniform um, and got behind closed doors so I kind of rambling a little bit but it's it's essentially about maximising yourself um, and how that can just change everything and make everything a lot easier. Jodie tells it better than I do, so I'm going to stop rambling. But it is about making the best of you. It's as simple as that. It starts and ends there. Get us your feedback on the Twitter at Arrest Olympics. What have you hidden? What trait did you ultimately come to own that you were maybe hiding from people because they called you a weirdo or whatever it may be? I'm interested in hearing that, so please do email me. Hello at bentallon.com at Arrest Olympics on the Twitter, at Arrest Olympics on Instagram as well. Now you can go and follow us. Go check us out there. Um, yeah, nice ones. Thanks again to the sponsors, heartinternet.co.uk, illustrationweb.com, and uh, the wonderful Association of Illustrators who continue to support the show in a fantastic way, theaoi.com. Go and have a look at their fantastic new website. It's awesome. 
Um, so without further ado, I'm going to get you to personal impact specialist Jodie Goldman. I'm going to be talking all things persona, characters, uh, what's and all. Here we go. And and the title's great, by the way, personal impact specialist. Is that right? Yes. Did I get that right? Yes, yeah. you got that right. And you can break that down for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the perso, um, it's kind of an all roads led to Rome situation. I've done lots of different things, and when I look back on it, they all actually had a lot of things in common, obviously, because that's where my interest is, that's where my passion is. Um, so, you know, my, my degree was in communication science. Obviously, I was really passionate and really interested in the way that people communicate and how you can develop your relationships and your confidence and just, you know, the communication thing in general. Mm. I, once upon a time, a million years ago, did a makeup artistry thing. And for me, that was really, you know, interesting and I did a little bit of work with models and fashion shows, but I really only got satisfaction when I was working with real people and doing lessons or makeovers. Um, I've studied um, psychology. I've just been interested in forever, uh, NLP, um, all of these different things. I, I lectured at a, communi- at a college um, and then started training and got really involved in employee engagement. Anyway, it, all of these things kind of came together and really what it was at the heart of the day was helping people just to be the best versions of themselves. Mm-hmm. I think that's really, um, in a nutshell, what personal impact kind of is. It's being having the real confidence and the skills to be able to influence and connect and build rapport with people mm. really fast. So, And it comes from both. It comes from being confident in who you are and having skills and tools to be able to to connect, to get that like-trust factor. That's really what it's about. Mm. It's about getting people to like and trust you. Yeah. And um, that's it, yeah. So, yeah. Did you, did you, have you always felt confident as a person or is this something that have you developed through life yourself? So it's something, everything that I teach and work with my clients on and have within my academies and my programs every single thing that I teach is something that I have myself have to practice on a day-to-day basis yeah I'm actually an introvert no one ever believes me when they meet me if you see me like in the training room no one ever believes that that's true but I'm an introvert the idea of walking into a room filled with people you know networking kind of contexts not my strength when I very first was asked to lecture at a college I burst out laughing said no way you know I had this bad experience when I cried once when I was like 13 and had to do a you know a school talk or whatever yeah. you know I have all of these things and and actually with me personally as well I also grew up with a very um my brother was a very dominating character and I often took a back seat to that so I just let him kind of run the show and at the time I it, you know, it was a lot to do with my own confidence in speaking up and you see this person who's able to just talk to anybody and then you feel a little bit like you don't really have anything to add. But what that really brought me was also being able to observe the way that people relate. And so it kind of, I had to come out of myself at some point and realize that I'd have to start mm. speaking up. So everything that I teach is stuff that I've had to actually work on myself. Okay. And, and so what's the, so the current practice? What's, what's the sort of, if someone's going to come to you, what, in a nutshell, what, what do you offer now that uh, but I guess you. I guess you've sort of said it there with the, the, um, the best version of yourself. I suppose. Yeah, it's helping people to get there. So are you asking through the process, i.e., one to ones training, like how it yeah, works just use, use a business you? kind of thing. You know, yeah, what so sort of people do you work with? I all kinds. Yeah, so all kinds. So I work with you know some business professionals, entrepreneurs, um, you know, self-employed, really all kinds of people. 
who are needing to up their game, be seen as an, as an expert, kind of get out of their comfort zone a little bit for whatever reason. So if it's a person within a business, it might be about that promotion or a managerial role or leadership position. If it's an entrepreneur, a creative, it might be around starting to have to pitch their business or um, you know speak at events to be seen as an expert at what they do, mm-hmm. share knowledge with what they do. So it's anyone who's really wanting to stand out a little bit in a world which is incredibly crowded you know there's a lot of people there's a lot of people doing a lot of things and at the end of the day it's you as an individual is are your best marketing tool people have to buy you before they'll buy from you and that's what it's about it's enabling people Yeah, I guess it's the basic premise of, of you know the strength of individuality certainly in my industry I mean there are a lot of introverts I did did an interview with a lady on the show um, who runs a whole, this whole thing called the creative introvert and it is about looking at ways in which you can maximise that and actually turn that into a positive thing mm. and you don't have to be this smash-mouthed, you know, I, big I am because mm. it's not the way to go in the creative. People don't really connect with that. I think mm. people get turned off quite quickly. You probably, probably say that about a lot of industries. Mm. But certainly in the creative industry there are a lot of people I know, you know, that will work from bedrooms, will, will stay quite isolated and despite this amazing talent, don't have the first clue where to sell it or mm. really don't feel confident in going out there and shouting about what they do yeah. or, or who they are. Certainly in my case over the years it's been a development of seeing and, and really taking in how people respond around me and, and actually why do people buy into my work and, and what I found is the correlation between my artistic style and my personality mm-hmm. and, and very much so. I mean the comment, those, uh, one big thing I wanted to look at was the whole idea that I've come across recently of imposter syndrome mm-hmm. which is people you know whether it's a graduate or some maybe someone who's been in the industry a long time just feeling like they don't belong yeah. you know when they really do they're brilliant but mm. i suppose it's the internet has exposed us to so much more great things out there now and it's very easy to feel inferior mm-hmm. do you come across that a lot yeah absolutely that's one of the biggest things and it's it's, it's in all industries it's in all different roles and I see it at all different levels so i can you know the i worked with a marketing director of this huge global organization and she has that moment right right through to the entrepreneur you know, every everyone it doesn't matter about what level you're at it's quite a common thing and I think in today's times it's it's built through um comparatitis I call it so you know know, like this constant comparison to like what other people are doing what how other people are being what other people have said we're exposed constantly through Instagram through you know Facebook and particularly I think for creatives you know those are lots of mediums that they'd probably be using Um, and then you start to look at not only you can see what other people are producing what other people are putting out there but then you also see how many followers that they have and how many likes that they've had and um, and we start to feel like that's the only way to be valid, and it's just this constant, this just this constant stuff that we're exposed to that can make us doubt our own our own selves, right? And the imposter syndrome is this feeling of any minute now somebody's going to find out that I don't actually know what I'm doing <laughs> and that I'm this complete and utter fraud, and you just come across it all the time. So the comparatitis is a huge problem for that, as well as uh, people's own core beliefs. So whatever it is that they grew up with, so it might be that somebody grew up being told that actually, you know, creative, you know, some kind of creative role, whether you, whatever it is, um, that's not a real job, if you know what I'm saying, you know. And so then you have this kind of stuff at the back of your head, and then when you're talking to some people, you might not want to really talk about what you do because you're at this party, and then these people are like, I don't know, have like regular nine-to-fives and are just kind of, you know, and I think it's just this constant 
self-doubt you know that people mm. have and it just produces this imposter syndrome and you see it everywhere yeah and it's true and one thing that i've realized as, as i've moved along is that i i feel like i'll never shake it but now that i've, I've learned to accept that this is just part and parcel of of the fact that i'm passionate about what i do mm. and every day when i you know when when it doesn't go right i hate it because i'm passionate about it mm. when it goes right i feel like the king of the world mm. um but i've learned to accept that now and, and sometimes think okay this is today it's mm. fine this happens i'll move on tomorrow yeah how would you how would you advise someone on, on to get to that point it? where they're able to yeah the point the thing is you need strategies we are so habitual as humans everything the way that we respond to stress is is habit the way that we what we end up doing on a day where we don't have the mojo when we don't have that you know bubble and that that passion that becomes habit and it's actually just looking at those habits and looking at those you know, instinctive responses that we have to stress. Do you, you know, flee, you know, it's the whole fight or flight thing. Do you flee from it? Do you kind of, you know, um, freeze a little bit and just feel a bit stuck? Like what are your habitual responses and you need some strategies to get out of it? So the types of things that I recommend on those bad days to kind of get us to feeling better. Well, I think it's first of all, as you said, accepting that actually some days we don't feel the mojo and some days we do. Mm-hmm. And then having strategies to get us back to to where we want to be as quickly as possible. So that might be um, looking at the, the, the current way that you respond. So is it that you might, um, on a bad day, just kind of knock it out of your pyjamas because you don't have to, because <laughs> you're like, mm. not going into an office, so you just like don't shower, don't get out of your pyjamas. Um, you know, we're actually maybe putting on something really fantastic, like might make you feel better, or, you know, just getting, go out for a walk in nature, like just get out of the house, like just get some fresh air. But the instinct is to just lie down and to not do those things. So Mm. it's kind of like fighting that natural instinct and creating much better habits for ourselves. And there's, you know, tons of other things, but it's accepting that we aren't always going to have great days. Yeah. And and, and I think a lot of this stuff comes around to mindfulness in respect of... I think it's very easy, whether it's whether it's getting a project and feeling overwhelmed by it, or looking at the end. I always find looking at the end goal is quite destructive. Yeah? And, and what I mean by that is launching to this idea of, oh my God, I want to be the best in my industry one day, but here I am two days out of university. When you try to bridge that gap mentally, you, something breaks because mm. you can't go that far in the future. So it's kind of... You, I think we, we're all guilty of putting too much weight on our shoulders right now. Mm. I think if we just pull back into this day and think, okay, yeah. what can I do in this short period of time? I've certainly found that to help me a great deal. Mm-hmm. Um, is that something you advocate, you know, breaking things down into smaller steps to manage, more manageable? Yes, of course. For me, you know, it's about enjoying the process and not just focusing on what the destination is and what the outside is, but actually learning to enjoy every little bit of the process. So, you know, where you are right now, learning this new, you know, so, you know, for me having to like master this, you know, Instagram, for example, I'm like, have added Instagram to my mix of social media that I'm trying to get out there on and it's just kind of a learning curve and I get really frustrated by it and then taking a step back and actually going just enjoy learning how like enjoy just seeing what's out there just enjoying to learn what works and what doesn't without the pressure without the stress and just taking it you know taking it as it comes and I find that one of the best ways of being able to do that and staying really focused in the process and to keep the positivity without getting overwhelmed about the future is actually just constant checking in with gratitude and just being kind of you know what it you know every single little achievement that you have celebrating it so you you don't just 
ignore it and it's not just something you know you're not already on to the next thing it's like yeah. you know whatever it might be so you get one if you have one person phone you and be interested in a piece of your you know in one of your works or whatever it might be he's actually going oh my god I got a, this phone call and that's awesome and just really enjoying it versus oh yeah but it was only a phone call you know and it's so easy to do that you know I got one mm. new follower on whatever you know oh but it's only one and this person has asked me yay I got the one you know yeah. and every little piece and just enjoy 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 and yeah, you know, it's so funny you, you say that. Would you know back? It's so funny because I've been doing this nine years now, and back at the start, I would hit up sometimes a hundred people a day on the email, just you know, looking for that first job. And all it took was one response saying, "Quite like this stuff. We've got you on file. We'll be mm-hmm. in touch if anything comes up." That would be a victory. You know, mm-hmm. that would be a huge victory. Yeah. No, I, sometimes I get pissed off and I get an email yeah. because I'm like, "Leave me alone." Yeah. <laughs> and that's not bragging. You have to that's be careful just, what you wish for. You know. <laughs> exactly. That's just my perception of it. But yeah. actually, I should be delighted when I'm when I'm you know when I'm busy and when things are fast and furious. But yeah. it's, it's interesting. But but you, I think we do have control over this. It's just learning to know the, your mind a little yeah. bit, isn't it? Yeah. And you have to you have to actually practice it. It doesn't become, you have to consciously catch yourself the way that we speak to ourselves throughout the day, you know, the reaction that we have when we have those things and check in and, um, and create habits, new habits. Cause you can't, you have to just create new habits that are going to give you the mojo, give you the energy. And therefore you always are going to be more impactful in whatever it is that you're doing. Cause you're coming from this like positive place, which is, catchy, yeah. infectious and attractive. So Completely. How do you feel about um, the working environment? I, I, is, do you place a great importance on that in, in the, you know, anything from the way we arrange an office or a bedroom if we're working from home to, you mentioned getting dressed earlier. Mm-hmm. I think it's hugely pivotal and important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's far too easy just to throw it on a dressing gown. Uh, but I think that immediately, even if just subconsciously brings you down a peg yeah. or two because you don't feel professional. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. I mean, in terms of the, the, the environment that you're in, obviously, you know, my expertise is the personal impact stuff. So the, the dressing gown is more my bag. <laughs> I, I, do, I, do, I do think that we should have a space that we enjoy. I think that we need to be very mindful of where we are, um, where we're being, right? So if I look at kind of your, the impact that we have in our world, you, you need to be, have balance. And so your home and your environment and your space is really, really important because it does have an impact on how we feel about things. So, so definitely, of course, your own personal preference and, you know, you hear people say, I'm just really comfortable just working from bed and that's totally cool, but you also need to just look around your room and get inspiration and feel inspired and feel mm-hmm. motivated and feel happy. So that's fine. You know, if you're happy in bed, as long as the room that you're in brings you some kind of joy and happiness, it's going to help with your mood. You know, in terms of getting dressed, you know, <laughs> I have to like, of course, you know, I'm not saying that I, for one do not have pajama days, you know, I, um, I had a client actually want to meet me recently. And so we were trying to set up a date and he said to me, um, and I said to him, Oh, that's a really good day. I'm in town. I've, uh, that's a meeting day for me. And he was like, Oh, I'm really impressed. You've got a meeting day. And I was like, yeah, that's why I don't have to get out of pajamas on admin day, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, you are never going to have the same level of energy with dirty hair, sitting in pajama, three-day-old pajamas, like, you know, being kind of, that shower, it kind of washes off so much more than just dirt, right? It just mm-hmm. washes off um, our mood sometimes, can pick us up. It's really important. And I think on days where you don't feel it, where you don't have the mojo, you don't have the creati- the creativity, the inspiration, you're not feeling your best, that's when we need to turn to tools that will help us. So if you've got the funkiest pair of shoes that just make you feel really, you know, fun, you know, standing there in your room dressed up to the nines, like why not? Like if it's going to give you what you need in order to feel 
inspired, you know, inspired. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to impact though, I think especially when you're talking to somebody else, there's something about, say for example, you have to do calls that day you're sitting there in your pajamas and people are asking you questions about, and then you think about imposter syndrome and you're sitting there not <laughs> feeling the part or looking the part. Like yeah. even though they can't see you, it does something to your psychology where you, you don't take yourself seriously. So from that point of think of view, I think it's really important. You know, of course it's going to have an impact in terms of your image and your first impressions. That's a huge part of what I do, but even more so for me, the clothing is actually the, the armor that we give ourselves to yeah. actually feel awesome. And I think we don't, we don't put enough emphasis on how it's a tool for confidence. Well, there, there certainly is that. And I've, I've had the pleasure of talking to a lot of people working in and around fashion um, yeah. recently, mainly through this show, which has been wonderful. Yeah. And it's just an angle I never really thought about. But when they said that, and they mentioned just what you said there about it being an armor and a, and a kind of way of expressing a different part of yourself, I thought, actually, I have been doing that. Mm. subconsciously for mm-hmm. a long time and yeah. it, and it really does it really does help it's mm. great you know mm. in, in terms of like the first impressions bit that's you know and people will have expectations and when you know especially because creatives is what you know we're talking a lot about people in the creative industry right and then there's this expectation that you're going to look creative in some way so actually mm. having your own distinct style having your own distinct look having a way of expressing who you are on the outside is going to not only make you feel much more like you belong, like you actually are who mm. you say you are, so like eliminate the imposter thing, but also be able for other people to see it on the outside, yeah. so it works from both points of view. Yeah. Um, another thing that I wanted to discuss, and, I, and I, I grew up in a small working-class Yorkshire town, and until the age of about 15, I didn't meet anyone who unlocked individuality in me, really, apart from my, my, my family, which mm. were quite encouraging of that. So I met this bunch of people when I was 16, like college and whatever, and it just opened up the world in a way, in a sense that I was suddenly really quite proud and had to be myself to, to, to get along in this group because they were all fire individuals. Mm-hmm. And as I've gone out into the wider world, I encounter so many interesting people with so many great quirks and, and things that, that really endear them to me. But find that they are so often trying to... That's the thing, they're, the very thing they're trying to cover up. Yeah. Do you encounter that a lot? And yeah. why do you think that? Where, where do you think that stems from? Well, it comes a little bit to the. Um, it's kind of linked in its own way to this imposter syndrome and you know our confidence levels and everything. And I think there's something that is very um, that makes us very vulnerable, you know, being who we really are. Mm-hmm. Because then when people see who you really are, and you reject it for being that, you know what I'm saying. So if you're kind of putting on this. There's like a protectiveness, I think, mm. in trying to be something that you aren't that allows you to not talk about how you really feel, what you really like. Or, and it comes back to the, compar- the comparison thing, you know, being told that this is not right, that's weird, you know, those, you know, the language, you know, kids use today. It's all of the stuff. It's just embedding, embedding, embedding. You know, we're little and we have none of this. You have every single thing that you need in order to have a massive amount of impact on the people around us, which is basically to be really happy and to enjoy every little moment and to ask for what you want and to ask questions and to be interested in the world around you and then we just get beaten you know Mm -hmm. you get beaten at school and you get criticized for some you know and for most of us for most of those people someone would have said something somewhere along the line that made them think that it wasn't okay to be that Mm. and it would have sometimes it's in my experience sometimes it's even one comment one time by one peer teacher Friend, someone said something, and inside the head, this like little 
worm gets planted that says, you know, that's just like not okay. And then they spend the rest of their lives like trying to hide that part of themselves. They don't even realize that it's there, you know? So, so fragile at that age, you know, yeah. in those formative years, I think. And mm. it's so true. It is sometimes just one knock from, you know, I don't know, a girl that you fancy or whatever. Exactly. And, and yeah. it can last for years. And yeah. some people don't break that. Yeah. I would imagine a lot of these people yeah. are coming to see you for, yeah. your, you know, for your expertise. I have this, um, I call it the, you know, we have this inner voice and everyone has it, right? We speak to it. No matter what you think, it doesn't make you crazy. We speak to ourselves, okay? Um, <laughs> um, and, and, and answering yourself too also, I think, doesn't make you crazy, you know? we do that as well so we have like little conversations with ourselves in fact you know i think it's every seven seconds you'll have an internal dialogue you'll have a thought you know from where did i leave the keys right through to oh my gosh you know you know people are going to figure out i don't know what i'm doing or don't say that in case it's wrong or Mm. is this good enough or oh my god they're going to think that you are you know so full of yourself by doing this this constant this constant voice inside of our heads and i like to refer to it as our inner you know 14 year old or that like inner adolescent because that's Mm. the that's the part of that's when it begins it begins during those those years where we suddenly become aware of the people around us and we start to compare ourselves to them because up until the age of like it starts, you know, even by sexish, we start to do it. But really, when the hormones kick in, is where it <laughs> <laughs> is where it has its most impact. And then you, when you really listen to the stuff that people tell themselves, it's very adolescent. And so you start to think about it like that. You can, you can kind of put it back in its box a little bit because you think actually, this is so just me being, mm. just being an adolescent, right? And I'm not that person anymore. I've grown up since then, I, and I'm, I've come a long way since then. But yeah, see. I mean, all that said, I think people still may struggle to actively, you know, to bring that person out, even though, you know, they might listen to that and think, yeah, God, I've got that. But do you find that the battle tends to be putting it into practice or do people just not know that they have a certain thing? I mean, is is that a part of your role to, to, to spot yeah. something in a person that they already have, but mm-hmm. they're just haven't recognized yeah both yeah. yeah so some people will have some kind of awareness other people don't and then they just even me just saying that some people go yeah like just recently i worked i had a group and i was talking about this it came up and i was talking about this inner voice and she said you know i literally just had this flashback to being 10 years old and going to a party and you know they're playing spin the bottle and no one wanted to kiss me and now i know why when i because she's like dating now i know when i go to these speed dating events i walk in and my mouth is dry my hands are like clammy i just stuck. You know, I feel so anxious. Mm. And it's that, right? So some people need some kind of trigger and then they'll think, actually, this is where that's come from. Um, but it's, again, it comes back to those habits. You know, that is all of this stuff, all of that, all of this experience that we've had has created the way that we see the world today. And everything that we're experiencing is going through these filters and 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 has created our habitual response. So when you have somewhere along the line, someone told you that, you know, oh, this isn't a real job, you know, then when you're now walking into a room and you're or at a party or whatever, and someone says, what do you do? And they are all, you know, bankers and accountants and whatever. And you say, you know, oh, I'm an artist or I'm a graphic designer or I'm a whatever. Um, that little voice, which you don't even know is there, might make you say it in this way where you almost start apologizing for it mm. and starts to hold us back and make us lose impact. And so the key is to actually identify it and then um, just turn it around and, and create a different habit. And so one of the best ways, it's one of the most basic things that you can do, that anyone can do, but very, very powerful, is to 
create new intentions and set uh, and use affirmations and so start to say to you how, however it is that you want to be feeling and you know and people who, who don't even need to know what their 14 year old is saying or what damage happened to them to get them to the point that they are now we all have baggage you don't even need to even know what it is you just need to know how you want to feel and know, and you'll know you're not feeling exactly like that all mm. of the time so for example if you know you want to feel that you are um talented and taken seriously you want that for yourself you know that that's how you want to feel then all you need to do is say to yourself i am talented and people take me seriously i am talented and people take me seriously if for you it's about being able to communicate more effectively with people maybe you are that introvert you find it really hard talking about yourself uh you know i am open to people and people are open to meeting me i am open to people and people are open to meeting me and so just that and the and it works by, you know, resetting the, the filters that we have inside of our mind by um, speaking directly to that unconscious thought. So the logic part of your brain will be going, you're talking bullshit, I don't believe you. Um, but the unconscious of part of the brain will be going, okay, all right, are we? Okay, yeah, you're right. Okay, yeah, yeah, we're okay, yeah, yeah, I got this, you know. Um, and it can start to turn off some of those automatic responses we have when we're feeling not our best. Yeah. So fascinating, isn't it? It's just... Um People, you, you can spend a lifetime trying to understand yourself, and some maybe, maybe never get there. Mm-hmm. It breaks my heart to think that some people never do. You know, yeah. never um, see those little those little quirks that might just set them apart. Mm. Especially in my industry, you know, it's like the, the amount of students who've been kind of clammed up or struggling to. You know, they're given, let's say, in their third year, they get it's open brief for their mm. honest projects, and here are these people with wonderful personalities and great ideas and, and you know really quirky ways of using their social media of projecting all that that I engage with and then they freeze up and kind of go and there's that default mindset of what am I expected to do here mm. by these kind of you know the, in that case they're lecturers mm. but in the professional world there's very much this this the feeling of what would that art director want to see from mm. from an illustrator or what would that film director want mm. to see in order to bring me in on a film project yeah. but it's never that those people look for that exact, that quirkiness, that yes. individuality. That's yeah. what they're looking for. And I've seen so many examples mm-hmm. of that happening, be it by design or by accident. Mm. Um, I don't really know where I'm going in terms of a question with yeah. that. But. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just an interesting point. That The point is that what people are attracted to is the quirk, is the vulnerability, is the difference. And that's the thing that we, we hide. Mm-hmm. And so the way that I work with people is that I have this formula. So for me, Personal Impact has this formula. Um, I call it Face Forward, and it has four components. The first one is Never Hide. And that is exactly what this is about. It's about knowing what your strengths are, knowing what you are not great at, and owning it, both of them. And so saying, and I, you know, and you know, anyone listening can do this exercise, and that's actually think. And just not being scared. No one, you don't have to tell anyone. And just say, out loud right now or write it down on a piece of paper I'm awesome at and just what are the things that you are just really really great at and also what do I suck at and that's fine you know like knowing what you aren't good at Mm. is is fine but not in a way that we like beat ourselves up with it but in a way that we just go do you know what that's just like not my thing and what I'm going to focus on are these things are these things that I'm really awesome at some of those things that we aren't great at we can try to adapt we can try to get better at maybe it's communicating you know those Mm. you know you can you can fix that you know but saying you know I'm great at being you know thinking things through that's you know part Part of being an introvert, for example, you know, being reflective and thinking things through, I'm great at thinking things through. I'm awesome at that. Own it, like really, really own it. You know, and the quirky things, own it, like make mm. it a part of who you are, and don't try to hide that because that's what people are attracted to. That's what people want to see. Yeah, 
Yeah, that vulnerability. I mean, it, I've owned the fact f- from day dot on this show, the fact that I am, I'm an illustrator. Mm. I'm not a broadcaster. Mm. I'm not an interviewer. I'm not trained in any of those areas. So if I start trying to be the BBC, mm. I'm going to fail. I'm going to fall on my ass miserably. Yeah. But I never did that. I always, I always got the fact that actually, if I play up to the fact that there will be the odd episode where someone's banging a coffee machine <laughs> in a cafe because yeah. I couldn't find anywhere else to interview my guest, yeah. I can either... I can either let that be, not speak about it, and therefore it becomes something that people pick up on, mm. or do I laugh about that in my intro, apologise for it and move on, and exactly. it's become a, a tiny little thing that, yeah. that is running throughout the show. People laugh now, well, yeah. oh, you know, I did one in the travel lodge lobby, and it's little things yeah. like that. That sets me apart. That's become yeah. a positive now, even exactly. though it is a negative in some way. Our imperfections, actually, is what, is what people connect to. You know, no one, no one can connect to perfect because nobody feels perfect themselves. And if we, and yeah, we need to, can you write that down? (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, We need to, um, yeah, exactly. And that's it. No one, we have to show people that side of us. That is where we connect. Connection happens where there's vulnerability and where you say, I'm not good at this. And, and in fact, you will know people, everyone has met those people who have this kind of like, you know, impact, like I've called impact, this ability to build like and trust in people. They normally talk about their flaws. They go, you know, you know, I just, oh, I'm just not. And they talk about it. And what it does is it makes us like them more. It, it doesn't mm. make us not like them. It makes us like them more. So just owning it is what, is what, is what I say, own it. Yeah. So that, and that's really this part of like never hide is the first step mm-hmm. to developing this personal impact. Know what your strengths are. Know what you aren't great at. Own them. Accept them. Laugh about them. Yeah, but also, really, really know what you're great at. And, and own that too. Because so many people can't even say that. You know, I'll ask them, what are you great at? And they find it really hard to say. Mm. Um, so just, you know, know what you're awesome at. Own it. Don't be ashamed of it. You know, and work with it. The second part is the show up that we've been talking about. That's, the, you know, the way that you dress. You know, that's really, really important for impact. You know, and then the confidence and assertiveness to believe in what you believe in and then being able to build rapport and the warmth bit. So mm. it's um, all of these things are really important. What do you think about listening and asking in, in, in respect of if someone's not quite confident enough to say I'm great at any one thing or they might not quite know, might not have hit upon it. I'm sure that all those people have got friends around them mm. that could with a you know with a different eye could mm. tell them yeah. those things i see many great qualities mm-hmm. in friends that they either deny or are not aware of and also truly listening to people we, i know we had this conversation a little while back mm. but somebody flagged up the fact that i interrupt a little too much on this show and i've pulled it back ever since and it was one of the best pieces of criticism that i've had mm. it's very true yeah because i get passionate and i jump in too yeah. soon but uh, ever since i've done that it's not just for this show in my general life i find myself just listening a little better now and really mm-hmm. taking in someone's body language, the way they're, they're talking around me. And as an indirect benefit of that, I've started to pick up on little nuances that, that give me a sense about me and how they're engaging with, with course, my yeah. persona. Is this something you place importance on? Oh, absolutely, yeah. So again, in that formula, so in this face forward formula, we've got um, never hide, show up, own your space. And the fourth thing is called be more dog. Um, and this whole, <laughs> <laughs> this whole thing is all about how we make, how are we relating to, to people? And um, and listening is a huge part of that. So I always say be interested, not interesting. So is that, that one part of it is that real listening um but you know but to your point which is more about actually learning about ourselves and being open to feedback i think is what you were asking there is really important mm-hmm. um so criticism is an interesting thing you know depending on who it's from and how it's delivered it can be the best thing that we ever hear or it can make us go completely into you know fight or flight in the exact same word 
being faced with a dinosaur would. Like literally our, our body responds in the same way when we mm. feel threatened. Um, but, you know, asking for it, I think, from people who you value. One of the ways, if you're not sure what you're great at, if you don't find that exercise easy, what I always recommend to people to do in terms of their personal impact is is to ask people. And the way that I would ask is to say, from a cross-section of people that you work with, if you were to describe me in three words, what words would you use? And then when you get all of these words back, you see this common thread. So you might notice a very, like a word not there, like glaringly not there. So all the words are very similar. Or maybe you might be really, really pleasantly surprised by where and go, really? Oh my gosh, I never thought that people would describe me like in this way. Um, and then you have to accept that that is how you're coming across and owning mm. it. In terms of looking for feedback and how we can improve, one of the ways I suggest asking for it is in feed forward. So not like what could I have done better, but rather moving forward, what would you advise that I do more of? You know, or what could I do moving forward that would help me? What do you think that would help me to do X better or whatever it might be? It's very future focused. So it doesn't feel quite as threatening as kind yeah. of criticizing something that we've already done. Um, but it's so important to be to be open to that feedback because that's how we just get better. Yeah. Do you think um, Do you think a lot of deep-rooted or hardwired personality traits can be changed if a person wishes to? Do you think there are, or do you think all of them can be changed or adapted? It's a great question. I think that we have core motivators, so everyone is motivated in a specific way, and um, and there's actually they're quite there's certain common motivators that are universal truth. So you'll have certain people motivated by X, Y, Z, you know, there's specific motivators and people have that and those do not change. I don't believe. So I think you always will be motivated in a certain way and that will show itself in your personality in a certain way. But I definitely think that people can learn different behaviors. So you can learn to behave differently in different contexts and different situations, but in terms of your core motivator and who you are, that won't change. Mm-hmm. Um, so as an example, you know, one of my main motivators is relationship building, being like being helpful, being, you know, building relationships with people. That's what motivates me. Um, something I'm not great at that comes with that is actually being confrontational or assertive, for example, like saying no, you know, for example. So I find it really hard to say no because my main motivator is relationships and being liked, right? So, so that's how that would work. However, I've learned. So I can learn to say no, and people might even see me as someone who's very assertive, but on the inside, it's not the case. And I've had to really learn to do that. And there will never, I don't think there will ever be a case. I'll just be kind of like, no, nope, you know, and just like not, not <laughs> yeah. at all phase. I have to like suck myself up and I like, you know, do, you know, the breathing and my body language and I have to like practice what I preach. And I'm like, no, I'm just really sorry <laughs> that I won't be able to help you with that. Um, I'm going to have to turn that down. You know, it's always going to be a struggle for me. Yeah. But, but I've learned the behavior, but the core motivator won't change. Yeah. And what, what do you think about the balance between the, the attitude of kind of being fiercely proud of, of who you are and not adapting that whatsoever? So be it with a, a student or that's come to you for advice or a CEO of a, mm. of a major corporation, for example. Do you, I mean, I, I, I'm, so it's a kind of a rhetorical question because I, I certainly believe you have to adapt yeah. incrementally, but the core of you needs to remain there because that's equally yeah. attractive, in my opinion, to, yeah. to anyone, really. Yeah. Exactly. I think it comes from appropriateness of behavior. And so we need to act appropriately in the environment yeah. that we're in and in the situation that we're in. And and that is really important. And like all of these things, it's a scale, right? So confidence and being confident, and even if that is just confidence in who you are, is immensely attractive too much of it and then we just have arrogance and being obnoxious right mm-hmm. too little and you just you're insipid or 
you know, whatever it might be. So you need to have the balance there. And and depending on who you're with, we need to be able to just adapt slightly because we get what we want and people are happy. So it's a win-win, you know? So when we come on too strong, so if you're talking to somebody who is not at all confident in themselves and you're all like, well, this is just who I am. You're like loud, 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 loud. (laughs) It can be massively intimidating. And of course you can take the view, well, they need to just like, you know, this is just who I am. I just speak like this. They must just deal with it. You're not influencing anybody, you know. This is a completely... You, we aren't talking about being something that you're not. We're just talking about adapting slightly to make the people around you feel more comfortable and to be more appropriate for the environment that you're yeah. in. But your core should absolutely be the same, you know. Yeah, it's the volume, isn't it? It's yeah, it's imagine as a dial, yeah. yeah. It's, it's with all of them, you know. There's being too friendly and not friendly enough, you know. There's being too confident and not yeah. confident enough, you know. To um, everything, everything. Can yeah, happen. yeah. So what are your so what are your own personal hopes moving forward? What do you what do you hope to? What is there a big picture for you as a personal impact specialist, or are you are you just enjoying the journey and, and working? Yeah, I'm always just yeah, I'm enjoying the journey. I have um, an open academy coming up at the end of the year, and that will be really exciting because whereas um, yeah, it'll be really exciting because I'll be able to bring together people from all different. Mm roles and industries and businesses and they can come together and practice these techniques it's like a group coaching course so that's coming up um kind of online products is new for me i mean you in that kind of world and being able to have more people have have be able to access this information and these tools and these techniques so yeah lots of really good things coming up in the personal impact space fantastic that sounds very exciting uh, yeah it's uh, it's great <laughs> i love it i think you know it's really fascinating stuff yeah. So the last question I ask um, all my guests, it's a little bit of an on-the-spot question, um, and I always say it's called Shark in the Tank, and we'll go into the reasons, but it's, um, I ask someone for a positive and a negative, and I usually say loosely themed around creativity, but I guess I'm going to put it in your world this time, and ask for okay. a positive and a negative about what you do and about the whole personal impact stuff. Yeah, I'm trying to think if I can link it to creativity. I think one of the things if I'm going to link personally back to creativity since that's what you normally do, is that I think that, you know, being creative and, and having personal impact, I think where the challenge there is for, for people who are creative, it's even more challenging because it's so linked to what you do. There's an immense amount of vulnerability with producing something um, and being able to talk about it in a way that has confidence behind it and authority behind it because you're so attached to it. So I think that can be quite hard for people. Um, in the, with a the positive, there's the passion that comes with it, which will be completely infectious, and that's that has impact. So it's overcoming the one and the other. Generally speaking, with impact, what what I um, I love and I hate. Um, I love when I work with people who get it. I love being able to help people to stand out, to just be the best version of themselves, to be able to feel so much more um, confident, really and truly in being who they are and seeing how that has this really um, positive effect on the people around them, being able to influence and connect with and relate to more people and, you know, get out there on a bigger scale. Mm. You know, the con is obviously when people don't think that they can change their behaviours or don't um, have the confidence to even try. Mm. Excellent. (laughs) <laughs> good answers if that answered it yeah <laughs> and uh, so where, where can people find you on your website so my website is www.jodygoldman.com 
jodi.co.uk and that's j-o-d-i goldman.co.uk brilliant well thanks so much for your time thank you thank you so much to Jodie Goldman she is top lass she's very talented her course is awesome go check it out maybe even treat yourself to it I think she's wonderful and I think she talks a lot of sense um it's very interesting that she considers herself an introvert right because she comes across as very confident in what she does but that's often the case the amount of people I've seen give an absolutely belting talk and then go around the corner with them for a beer and they're quite shy or they are quite introvert I think it's very interesting the ways in which we present ourselves sometimes it's not the true reflection of who we are but it's the way that we manage and deal with it so that's cool too um, I hope you took a lot from that because I really did. So, so go check out Jodie's stuff. She's fantastic. Please get us your thoughts on the Twitter at Arrest All Mimics. Go and check us out on Instagram under the same handle. Um, what have you hidden? What are you hiding? Get it out. <laughs> you know, it's uh, the, the, you wouldn't believe the amount of things that I've kind of dragged out and written about it, whether it's in my columns or my first book, Champagne and Wax Crayons, that hundreds of people have connected with i've had the most unlikely messages of support from people who on the same floor and maybe it's something they've read that's helped them get that out and maybe it's something i've seen in somebody else that's helped me to to drag it out i can tell you for a start sharing a studio with danny ellison for a number of years helped me to do that because he was so proud uh not even proud he was kind of so unashamed of who he was he was happy to laugh about and admit all his flaws and that really helped me to overcome a lot of my own insecurities when i was starting out as a freelancer because it's a very testing time and we do have to deal with a lot of people going is there any money in that should you be doing that for a job uh, maybe you should go and get a part-time job i've known friends whose ex-girlfriends have hit them with that one and kind of shat their confidence in one one punch so to speak you know so I'm just keen to hear about all your flaws and uh, and about all your positive traits and when did you realise and when did you start to action them and how do you funnel that into the work that you're doing? It doesn't matter whether it's fashion design, uh, photography, acting, uh, whatever creative pursuit that is, I want to hear all about it. So please do hit us up on the Twitter at Arrest Almanix. Drop me an email if you want to go personal. Hello at bentallen.com. Uh, if you get a second, guys, please do go drop a little, a little review on iTunes, on Apple Podcasts. It really helps the show. It does help spread the word. The numbers are going up all the time. Awesome guests coming up, like I said last week. The 100th guest is wrapped up. It's confirmed coming up. It's a good one. It's meaningful. I'll be revealing it very soon. So, cheers. Thanks again to the sponsors. Uh, illustrationweb.com, heartinternet.co.uk. Please do go show them some love. Thanks again to the Association of Illustrators for their support. Brand new website, theaoi.com. If you're an illustrator... It's an absolute must-have. The support you get from those guys is wonderful and they're great. Go back and check out the episode. I think it's at number 44 where I talked to Lou Bones and um, Ren Renwick, the MD of the Association of Illustrators. So they tell you everything better than I ever could. Go and have a listen. Thanks again for checking in, guys. Uh, chat to you soon. I'll see you next week. <laughs>